0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Craig from the Front Row Network. And of course, we are the pop culture network for NPR Illinois. And you are going to hear something special that we had the opportunity to do this uh, past couple of weeks. And I'm excited to share with you some insights into season three, which will be the last chapter of Dickinson on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, you might be wondering why you're hearing this on, say, the peanut butter and biscuits feed. And that's because we all know that you have Apple TV Plus because you have been loving Ted Lasso. And it was just previously mentioned in the crossover episode that we did with LassoCast that Apple TV Plus truly has a lot of really great content. And so that's why I thought that I would go ahead and include these interviews and this episode on uh, the Peanut Butter and Biscuits feed in addition to the Front Row Network feed as well. Also want to make sure that I give a big thank you to Apple TV Plus for for giving us the opportunity to participate in a press junket uh, regarding Dickinson Season 3. Before we jump into the interviews, I really wanted to kind of give you my insights into this show, because I really do think that it's worth going back and investing some time in checking out uh, all the seasons of Dickinson. We're moving into the third season, which will premiere on this Friday, November 5th. So you can check it out then. Uh, I think that this will be an excellent opportunity to also go back and rewatch the first season and the second season. As we move into some of the colder months here, you can cuddle up with this great piece of fiction that involves uh, lots of literary heroes from our past and giving a new perspective on them. So let me give you my two cents about this as a, as a show. I remember when Apple TV Plus launched, I checked out Dickinson for the first time. And what I enjoyed about Dickinson is that the creator who we are going to be talking to in a little bit, Elena Smith, she weaves this story about uh, one of these kind of figures that is in American history. We've all heard Emily Dickinson, whether that was in some kind of... AP lit class in high school or just coming across one of her poems. But we really don't know, at least I didn't know too much of her as a person. So she takes these poems of this prolific writer and then puts them all out there into a TV show and sets it more in a way that modern audiences can relate to the characters. The way they do this is really smart by bringing in sort of our modern language and adopting that to these literary classics. So on the screen, you might see one of Emily's poems uh, being scribed to life in front of us, but then you're also hearing it more like a modern day kind of dramatization sitcom type of style in terms of the script. It's also got some great uh, and wonderful reoccurring characters and our main cast as well. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, of course, she is an Oscar nominated actress at this point. She plays our Emily Dickinson and truly you're along for the ride with her. We know I'm a big Marvel Disney fan as well. We know that Haley is also going to be coming to the MCU as part of the Hawkeye series later on in November. So it's going to be a huge month for her. Uh, And she Deserves all the accolades that she gets for Dickinson because she brings such a charismatic presence to, again, someone that we could potentially consider to be more of a stuffy figure within history and within literary circles. And she brings it in a way that you're really compelled to see where the story is going to go moving forward. And then uh, we also have uh, lots of other folks that are in this cast, including some of the people that we're going to talk to today, including uh, Adrian. Adrian Blake Insko, which he plays Austin Dickinson, and that is Emily's older brother, and uh, his story is really interesting to follow throughout the first two seasons, but just to give you a brief glimpse of the season three, he takes a major turn for me in season three. I was uh, allowed to see some of the episodes for season three of Dickinson, and I think the audience is going to have a strong reaction to Adrian's character in the... This particular uh, season because Austin goes through some turmoil here. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. Ella Hunt, who plays Sue, is Austin's wife, but also Emily's best friend. And I don't want to spoil anything as far as their relationship is concerned. Just know that we have had some developments in the relationship with Emily and Sue, especially in the last episode of the second season, kind of the cliffhanger episode. And we will see where that. That character goes from here as well. And then I also get to talk to a couple of folks who are uh, bringing back their role in maybe a more prominent way in the third season as well. And that's Amanda Warren, who plays Betty, and she's a local dressmaker, but also wife to Henry. And Henry runs his own uh, black newspaper the constellation, and he's really trying to grow that message because, of course, Emily Dickinson lived right about the time of the Civil War, which we do get the Civil War within this third season. So that's kind of what the setting is going to be for us as an audience. It really is interesting to see how they wove in the story of the Civil War and what could have been a really, and is, frankly, is a very negative and dark period in American history, maybe the most dark that we've had in American history. And they're able to take that and still have little strands of hope throughout. And that's what I really kind of appreciate about this show is that it does... At the the core of it, it is a show about hope, not unlike uh, Ted Lasso, which we've all come to love on Apple TV Plus as well. So I get a chance to talk to Chinaza and also to Amanda about their characters of Henry and Betty, and I'm so excited to bring those interviews to you. I guess what I would say before we really jump into the interviews in earnest is that this is absolutely worth your time to go and check out on Apple TV Plus. You already have the subscription. If you're following me over from the Peanut Butter and Biscuits Ted Lasso podcast, uh, go and check out Dickinson and let me know what you think about it. You can always email us at FrontRowLasso at gmail.com. And I understand that this might not be necessarily about Ted Lasso, but I love that we are getting so much great content from from Apple TV+. You know, I mentioned that I also host a Disney show. And of course, Disney Plus has my heart as well. But in terms of original content and the writing that goes into that original content and the production of that original content. I got to say, I have not really watched something on Apple TV Plus that I haven't really thoroughly enjoyed. And so again, before we jump into these interviews, want to say thank you for the access that was given to us here at the network and for my ability to go and interview some of the creative people that have brought this show to life. So I'm going to jump into those interviews now. The first interview that you'll hear is from Elena Smith, and she is the the creator the writer the showrunner she is really the person that brought this show to life she actually signed a big contract with apple tv plus around the time of the launch that she would bring some of her creative energy to this platform and holy moly she has really given us a love letter to emily dickinson but also a love letter to literature so i'm excited for you to hear this conversation between me and elena smith Hello, Elena. It's so nice to meet you. And I have so many great questions for you, I hope. So I know that you started your career as a playwright, and you clearly have themes that you use in your writings to bring us along with your story. So as we find ourselves in this final chapter, two years into the Civil War, what themes should we look for as an audience?
1: So season three of Dickinson is all about the, the question that Emily is struggling with, which is... Can art make a difference? Can, can can my work as a poet uh you know hope to have any kind of impact on a world that's being torn apart by violence and grief and loss and suffering um and for Emily this manifests in the most immediate context with her own family so you know season three is kind of a homecoming to what's to what Dickinson has always been which is a family drama right smack in the middle of the 19th century um and you know Emily finds that in in this time Time of war, the most important thing to her is keeping her family together, but she also is finding that there's more and more conflicts arising within her family, which feel almost impossible to heal.
0: I guess is going back to the creation of the series, but you know, you we talk about kids today, and you take something that they might find as kind of stuffy, this literature of Emily Dickinson, but you make it so fun and relatable. Uh, You bring in Wiz Khalifa, you bring in colorful film, you bring in modern language. What was it about Emily's work that made this her such a vehicle for your story?
1: So I think two. I have two answers to that. One, the less expected part is that Emily Dickinson actually has. A great sense of humor and if you spend enough time with her work and with her biography you find that she's constantly cracking hilarious jokes and making fun of the people around her and making fun of herself um and so 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 that's partially it's in her voice um but the other reason is that you know emily was not seen or recognized or understood in her own time for the woman that she was Um, And so the question becomes, you know, can we understand her better today and can we use her life and times that she obviously didn't fit into or make sense in to sort of hold a mirror up to today and show young people coming of age in America today who also might not feel like they fit in with the society around them.
0: Um, Yeah. That's so wonderful. And so great that you're bringing that uh, to our audience. And uh, so there are so many parallels to today. And you mentioned that uh, this beacon of hope that Emily will be in this final chapter. What about it? Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Uh, Tell me about the hope that Emily played in her own life and then now in the series as well.
2: Well,
1: it's very interesting because, you know, one of Emily's most famous poems is Hope is the Thing with Feathers. And that is the title of the first episode of season three. And and it becomes a sort of theme or iconography that plays out over the whole season. Um, And I find this poem very ambiguous and fascinating because it often gets taken and, and put on a greeting card as if it's a sort of unambiguous message of like, cheer up, hope is the thing with feathers. But when you really look at it, it's like, what are you talking about? Like what she doesn't say hope is a cute little bird. She says, hope is the thing with feathers, which is very ominous and creepy. And then the whole poem is about how no matter what, hope isn't gonna stop. You know, it says it 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 keeps going and going and it never stops at all. It almost becomes this like robotic zombie force that just keeps us getting up in the morning and, you know, like, I, I, I think that, you know, there. I suppose the point here is that humans have an innate need for hope, even no matter how hopeless the world around us seems and there's something beautiful about that but there's also something quite painful about it um and emily recognized that and i think that um in in the the years the past few years that we've been living through as a country i'm sure everyone can find that relatable we we hope that the kids will get vaccinated soon um <laughs> so i don't know
0: <laughs> i have a 5 year old i'm right there with you exactly. uh but no yep. hope is a skill and i i love that you're using that uh as Hope's a, a skill, part of the story simple.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, the uh, This is the final chapter of your series. So how does it feel bringing this story to an end? Any reflections back that you have?
1: Um, it feels really amazing. I feel so, just so fortunate that I got to go the whole distance and tell the whole story. And um, particularly, you know, I directed the finale, which was just such a nice way for me to sort of wrap the whole thing up with Haley, with our entire cast and crew, um, and you know, some pretty unforgettable memories of of shooting um, those final scenes together. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope and hope (laughs) and expect that I will work with many of the people involved with Dickinson again in future projects. I just think that, you know, we carried off what we wanted to do, which was to tell Emily's coming of age story in a new way.
0: You working with them again will only benefit us as an audience because your creativity is so powerful. So I thank you for that. And I have one last question for you because this the piece, this piece depends so much on the power of the written word. Uh, are there any books or poems that you might recommend that our audience go out and listen to or, or read?
1: At all, or about Emily Dickinson?
0: At all, whatever recommendation oh, you want wow. to give.
1: Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. There's so many. Um, Okay. I mean, I'm literally just going to list the two books that I have been reading right now. One of them is this book, The Devil's Candy. That is um, Julie Salomon's book about the making of the bonfire of the vanities in the 90s and what a complete disaster it was in many ways. And it's a fascinating look at Old Hollywood and just sort of really amazing. Um, and uh, the other is this book called After Claude by Iris Owens. That was a sort of rediscovered book by a forgotten female writer, um, republished by New York Review of Books. It's one of the most offensive books I've ever read, but also <laughs> one of the funniest. Um, so I recommend both of those.
0: That's so wonderful. And thank you for your time today. Thank you for the art and creativity you're putting out into the world.
1: Thank you so much.
0: What a great conversation to have with Elena there. What I love is that she shows you that she really did truly want to center this third season, this final chapter around the idea of hope. And I can get behind that. We have all had a rough couple of years here, and we need some hope. And she's bringing it here uh, through her character of Emily Dickinson and through the work that she has decided to highlight of Emily's illustrious career. And I really appreciated that. I appreciated her uh, giving me some recommendations to give to you. You'll find that that is a reoccurring theme that I wanted to ask the folks that I had the pleasure of speaking to and now I'm excited to bring you our next set of interviews and this is uh, with a couple of the cast members of Dickinson and moving into season three I will put a little disclaimer out there if you have never seen the show and you're really thinking about checking it out because Elena sold it I think better than anyone else could on the show today to go check out Dickinson I will mention that we talk uh, particularly about Ella and uh, her character Sue the development elements between Emily and Sue's character. And so I wanted to make sure that I included that before we play this interview, just in case you were concerned a little bit about spoilers. I will tell you that those characters do intertwine in a lot of really interesting and unique ways. And I think uh, it's definitely worth going out and seeing the growth of the relationship between Sue and Emily from the first season to the second. And then now we get to see the ultimate season, the final and last chapter of Dickinson. So Without further ado, here is my conversation with Adrian, who plays Austin Dickinson, and also Ella, who plays Sue Gilbert. Hi, Adrian and Ella. It is so great to meet you and get to talk to you. I'm going to dive right in. So, Adrian, your character goes through quite the transformation uh, in season three. So without giving us too many spoilers, can you tell us what uh, Austin's up to at the beginning of season three?
3: Yeah, Austin is really walking through fire this season. In fact, when I when I first read the script for episode one, I was just like beside myself being like, oh my God, he does what? Oh God, no. But like in a very, very satisfying way because he's kind of living his truth. Um, he's just like uh, really delving into the darkest trauma of his childhood and his relationship with his father. And it really digs up a lot of chaos for the family. Um, I'm sorry that you all had to deal with that.
2: <laughs> I was so much fun watching you get to do that. Because also, Adrian is like the nicest person on the planet. So getting to see him cause chaos was just delightful and so out of Adrian character. But I feel like Austin's journey this, this season is kind of symbolic of the whole season's message in that for any society, or person, or family to move forward, you have to acknowledge and learn from your history. Mm-hmm. And and Austin is really grappling with his history, um, and the and the family. We history. all are, yeah. Um, and I it, it it shakes us all up in a kind of great way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and Ella, of course, we had uh, quite the revelation at the end of season two. So can you talk about balancing that relationship between Emily and between Austin and the role that your character is going to be playing for us here in the final chapter?
2: It's a really beautiful final chapter for Sue. There's been a lot of growth for Sue between season two and season three. mostly because she is now allowing herself to embrace her love for Emily, accept the love that Emily gives her and and give the love she wants to give. And in doing that, it, she feels allowed to ask for the things she wants in her relationships. And she, you know, we see it in the trailer, we see it across the whole season, she wants the mess. She wants Emily to be all in. And I think it's so awesome to see this character who has been pretty repressed for two for the first two seasons to see her like stepping into um what she wants and her unconventionality in all facets of her life not just with Emily but with Austin too it's it's an exciting journey for her and I think a lot of people will relate to where Sue is at in her life
3: I gotta Absolutely say, it's so satisfying to see Sue like ask for what she needs in this in this season yeah
2: um,
3: from like the first season when you saw her as such a like traumatized um, orphan you know like she's now so self-possessed.
0: You've really gotten to come into these characters. Uh, so I have to ask you both, and I'll take uh, Adrian first. Wh- what do you prefer playing uh, in Austin? The the cheery disposition that uh, you have in real life, or <laughs> is it more this darker side? Which one do you enjoy?
3: Uh, I, I got to say the
0: darker side really pushed me. Um, and I
3: found it taking me to some really, really uh, difficult places in my own life, and trying to like dig up wh- what the analogs were in my life in terms of um, uh, questioning why I do certain things. Um, it, I don't have the same kind of traumas exactly as Austin, but there are definitely. This was a year where I definitely had to look inward and be like, "Why? Why am I doing the? Why, what maladaptive behaviors do I have?" Um, and so, honestly, it was like kind of inspirational to watch Austin. Really like fight these demons, because I was like i I can do that too we're we're gonna do this together, buddy,
0: <laughs> Ella uh for you, you've gone from friend to lover, so can you uh talk about a bit about that growth in your character over these seasons?
2: You know, I think what's so beautiful about Emily and Sue's relationships it, it, Emily and Sue's relationship, not relationships <laughs> plural <laughs> um is that they are everything all the time. They are not just lovers, they are friends, they are sisters, um, they are creative companions. And, and, and that, that is so beautiful to play out with Hayley. We have so much fun diving into what that means for each scene. And and it it gets really complicated. Like, there's a moment this season, which is, uh, like, historically accurate. Sue um, has notes for Emily on on a poem called Asleep in Their Alabaster Chambers. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Emily, after Sue gives her notes, later in the episode, Emily has... or, or, Or later in the season, Emily has questions for why Sue had those opinions, why Sue had that critique and she can't, she can't take it at face level because they're also in love. They're also in a relationship. Mm. There's also some jealousy and and pain underneath the surface. So it does really muddy the water and complicate things. And I love that Elena has written us such a like rich relationship dynamic to dive into. Mm.
0: And it's our uh, joy as an audience that we get to see it on screen. So last question for you both, and I'll go to Ella first. This piece depends so much on the written word and the power of the written word. So do you have any book or poem recommendations for our audience that you'd like to give?
3: Oh,
2: I recently read, uh, it's a pretty obscure book called Meatless Days. It's by a wonderful Iranian uh, writer. Uh, whose name has completely gone from uh Sarah suli um and it's a it's a memoir about her life growing up in Iran and it is a piece that is also very much about grief like this season um and it's it's an, uh, it, it it broke me in all of the right places
0: <laughs> that's wonderful thank you Adrian. Do you have one to recommend uh
3: yeah I mean i I have only just begun to scratch the surface of this body of work, but the uh, the poet Hafiz um, is a favorite of a bunch of friends of mine, and I've I've recently been read some of his poems, and he's just an incredibly joyous poet prophet um, who just like his it, it's like spirituality and play and joy are like all wrapped up into into these words, and even in translation you just feel this massive spirit that that, yes. that really moves you. So, I, yeah, I I can't wait to read more of Hafiz's book.
0: I can't wait to dive into that as well. And I just want to say thank you both for the art and creativity you put into the world. It makes us all richer. So thank you.
2: Thank, thank you. So you. Much. And thank you for your question.
0: Yeah. Such a fun time to chat to Adrian and to Ella because their characters really do have such uh, complications, as Ella mentioned uh, in her answers there. They are going through a bit of some... Changes in their lives. And I love seeing that play out on screen, especially in this third and final chapter. And I think you will love to see that as well. I'm now going to move into my final interview uh, of the press junket. And again, uh, saying thank you to Apple TV Plus for providing this opportunity. This is with Chinazi, who plays Henry, and then also with Amanda, who plays Betty. So I am uh, hoping you enjoy this interview with them as well, seeing a couple of different cast members. I didn't know this. I should have done more of my homework going into this, but Amanda actually really is great friends uh, with Elena Smith and talks a bit about that in this interview as well. Hi, such a pleasure to talk to both of you today. So Amanda, I want to start with you. Throughout the series, your concern for Henry's actions has been so evident but none more more so than when we find you at the beginning of season three. Without giving too much away, can you tell us about uh, where you're mentally at as a character in this third season?
4: Absolutely. I feel as though Betty is very much juggling a lot. Business is booming in the community because we are in the midst of a civil war. So there's a high demand for morning clothes, morning shawls, all different sorts of things. And then there is the worry of, uh, Helen's being and, you know, where Henry may be. So she's juggling a lot. A lot of the time, I just thought of the weight that that puts on a person just physically, even on their chest. So there was a lot of, you know, she was very much present, but also very much in the distance when speaking with Emily or anyone in the family or anyone in the community. You can tell there was just something else on her mind. And I wanted to make sure that preoccupation read on screen.
0: And it, it totally does. We feel uh, transfixed in that for sure. Chinaza, you, uh, how about Henry? So the last time that we saw you, you were hearing about the Constellation really growing in popularity nearly two years into the Civil War now. What struggles can we expect for Henry to face in this final chapter of the show?
5: Well, I think for Henry, at the end of season two, he has to make the difficult decision of leaving his wife and daughter behind. And I think he's really trying to find purpose in this really important moment. So he goes to lend a hand with the cause. And... um, if he finds another family to fill the little gap from the one he's left behind.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. This show uh, does such a great job of bringing in so many themes and parallels to our uh, experiences that we're going through in present day. Can you both speak to how this show allows for that real world context and how that's helped you connect to your character? And I'll go to Chinaza first.
5: Yeah, I mean, honestly, one of the obvious ones is that America at least was in a divided moment as we were shooting this season. And it was dividing families, dividing communities. And I must imagine that the writers took some inspiration because it was was calling to them. It's strange to be living in history. You know what I mean? We all are, a really important moment. And I think that was a great, the Civil War is a great mirror for a lot of our questions today.
4: To add on to everything that Chanaza said, that phrase is never lost on us that history has a way of repeating itself, but whoa, like we weren't expecting (laughs) on that grand scale to be able to match these types of parallels on the same timbre, if you will. Mm -hmm. And there were even little things, because it's always about the simple things in life, right? And I was, when Chanaza and I were speaking earlier, you know, there are words like quarantine that I took so lightly as an artist, even when, you know, from the stage, you know, that might come up in, in a checkoff piece or whatever. But when it sinks down and you've actually been through a quarantine, you know, that takes on a different meaning and for you in a different weight, appreciation and compassion for the character. And I think we were way more as an ensemble, as as a creative team, compassionate to the circumstances in this world.
0: And yet, Emily, Elena, the show, you all as an ensemble choose hope and you bring us hope in uh, this final chapter. And that's such a a wonderful way to present that to the world. I wanted to know, uh, because this is the final chapter, do either of you have a poignant moment uh, from this experience that you'd like to share? And Amanda, I'd like to have you go first
4: um well, the moment has been throughout the uh the process for me for me from auditioning to the callback to to rap and that's working with um with my friend from grad school Elena Smith so it's been a very um personal project it's also the longest time that I've been with with a program um so um you know and it's just been a wild beautiful experience the The uh, company that she's assembled was such a safe, unified, diversified um, community. Um, I'm just so appreciative of it. And then you have that and then all of this great writing on top of it. You know, the responsibility of executing these characters were really not lost on us as a cast. And what an honor and a blessing it was for my friend, to be spearheading everything. And that was amazing.
0: It's a it's a great result for us. Janaza, did you have anything uh, that was pointed that you'd like to share, reflecting back?
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll just say there's always an energy on set because of the investment from Elena all the way down and Haley, too, of something exciting. We were discovering something in the moment. One moment I really love is that we were shooting season three and uh, a crew member came up to me and was like, did this really happen? And I was like, yeah. i always love moments like that, that, being like, wow, this show is sharing our history to us. Mm -hmm. And that was always exciting because you didn't realize how cool and crazy our history was. Um, Yeah.
0: Last question for you both. Uh, The written word is so powerful and so uh, important to this piece. So uh, any book recommendations or poems or anything like that that you want to leave our audience with recommending? Mm-hmm. And I'll go to uh, Chinaza first. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> um, Unless you want to save him, Amanda. No, I, I, don't know. I, can,
4: I can totally save him. I was going to save you anyway, um, because because that's what wives do. We save our husbands. <laughs> um, you know, there's a really great poem that I've always been attached to, and that would be um, Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. I think it just speaks to a relationship that is so universal in the human condition. Everyone should read it. Doesn't take long, which is why I love poems. Don't That's take great. nothing but a moment. And uh, I would recommend everyone reading it today who's listening to this.
0: I'm going to go read it right now. Chanaza, did you have uh, any anything that you'd like to recommend as we exit My, out here?
5: Mine's a little intense. I believe the book is called <laughs> In the Garden of Beasts. And it's about a, a diplomat in Germany as uh, the Nazi regime is coming into power, and it's based off of like family diary entries. And it's just like one of the most fascinating. Oh, yes. we've ever Read.
0: Absolutely, I think that's an Eric Larson book. I've read that, yeah. and uh, and it's it's wonderful. So, uh, thank you both so much for the creativity and for the art that you've put into the world. Uh, it means so much to us as an audience. So, thank you, and have a great rest of your day. Thank,
4: thank you. You, so much. you too. Yeah.
0: Again, just a tremendous opportunity to talk to some of the cast members and also the creator of Dickinson here, which will premiere its final season, season three on November 5th on Apple TV Plus. I implore you to go and check out this show. If you haven't started it, that's great because you can binge it all the way until season three uh, and then it'll be a weekly release. And I believe that their series finale will take place. I believe it's coming out on Christmas Eve. So it'll be a nice way to actually really kind of get into the mood for fall and winter season, I kind of feel like this show is positioned in a great place in the lineup to be able to get us into that. Uh, And especially for those of you listening from the Peanut Butter and Biscuits feed and wanting to wait until season three of Ted Lasso comes out. This is a great way to use that Apple TV Plus subscription and be able to check all of that out for sure. I want to say again, one last time, thank you to the folks over at Apple for giving us not only early access to season three of Dickinson, but also the opportunity to talk to some of these cast members and to creators. It really was just a treat to be able to talk to them about their art, their creativity, their book recommendations. Everything about it was just really fun to go back and listen to. So I really do appreciate that. If you are listening from the Peanut Butter and Biscuits feed, know that Jeremy and I will return this Friday, speaking of November 5th, to talk about the pilot episode of Ted Lasso. So you can also go back and watch the pilot episode with us. This might be, I think it's my sixth time watching season one. Uh, So I'm excited to get into it. And we do plan to bring you new episodes every Friday friday uh, as we move through season one here and talk about the way that ted lasso evolved even from season one into season two we can kind of give you a retrospective look back so i will say if for some reason this is the first episode of peanut butter and biscuits know that we normally do talk about ted lasso and our love for all things beard lasso jamie roy keely rebecca all of those characters that we love, but I think you're going to love the characters in Dickinson just as much as well. Let me know what you think about this. You know, this is the first time that we've put a bonus episode out on this feed and I'd love to get your feedback on that. So make sure you email me at frontrowlasso at gmail.com. Thank you again to subscribing to our show and continuing to support us as we move forward into this off season of Ted Lasso. Who knows, we might get the opportunity to do more of these types of bonus content from Apple as that arises. And I like the idea of giving you some awareness of the things that are also coming to Apple. That way you can kind of decide this might be something that I really want to check out. And uh, that's kind of a service that we'd like to pay uh, to you here on Peanut Butter and Biscuits. It has been just a wonderful time breaking down the season three of Dickinson with you. I can't wait to get back to the pilot episode of Ted Lasso this week on November 5th, the same day that you can watch the first episode of the final season of Dickinson. So for Peanut Butter and Biscuits, this is Craig. And as always, be a goldfish.